Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. My guest today is Dimitri. Dimitri, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited to chat with you, and I've already told you that. Guys, Dimitri has spent over 15 years in the web development industry and digital marketing world. That, combined with his background in math and IT, makes him a valuable brand consultant. Declared the SEO rock star by the American Marketing Association, Dimitri has significantly increased the online presence of brand through custom digital marketing campaigns and innovative content marketing techniques. He also considers nerd a compliment. I love that. Indeed. <laughs> I call myself a geek all the time. I speak in code, which we also call Martian. I have a, a tech background also blended with marketing. So I'm, I'm super excited to have this conversation. Uh, but before we dive into your journey, what's the math background? Uh, okay. So my actual education, my degree is in applied mathematics. Uh, that's... <laughs> Like how do you get a degree? I happen to love math. I think the world is built on mathematical principles. Right? I've been studying like quantum mechanics, quantum physics, and the numbers and the shapes and the 3D and 4D. Like I love this stuff, but I I majored in marketing in university, so yeah. I got as far as intro physics. <laughs> that was like the highest math that I did. I consider physics is mostly math. Yeah. Well, so I always like or more love any type of mathematics, numbers, data. Uh, it's it's kind of uh, easy for me in a sense. Uh, I never really struggled with that. So when I was in middle school and high school, I always went to like uh, uh, those decathons and uh, the, the Olympiads and all that stuff. And it's always was around math or geometry or uh, like uh, not no, not really physics, but anything with numbers and then down the road and when probably like around high school all that started kind of i started to apply that in programming in coding and i, I did side work already uh, like our first official project we opened our little own kind of like company uh, we were in seventh grade uh, wow. so uh, yeah me and a couple of my I'm sorry, what? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you're about to tell me. I, I jumped the gun. <laughs> yeah, so, so it was just me and a couple of my friends, and uh, we did this kind of like a, it was back in the day on Flash, those Flash websites. So we did a bit of custom animations on Flash, and we did the website like with all those custom animations. And uh, we did, um, back in the day, it was so... I'm from Russia. I, I was all that time in Russia. And the flash animations, almost like a cartoon, were very popular. So we got into that and we did some commercials, like uh, basically animated commercials for a couple of local companies. And that's where it all started. Um, and then, yeah, just from that. I want to know how you got clients as a seventh grader. Uh, friends and family kind of thing. 
okay. uh, just through through friends and family. Um, but you you were the best friend's son who's making a video for my commercial. Like, in the adult world, everyone's like, oh yeah, my friend's son, my neighbor's kid, he's doing it for me. And I was like, oh, that's cute. But you were that kid. Uh, uh, pretty much, yeah. It's, uh, I lived in a very small town and my mom, uh, she was a doctor, like a pediatrician. So she pretty much knew everybody and everybody knew her. So it was easy to get kind of uh, foot in the door and we had some friends who owned businesses and stuff. So uh, that's how it all started. But yeah, uh, from there, um, I had a choice kind of which direction to go. And I had, I've been told that applied mathematics uh, faculty was still all about programming and coding, web development, all the software development, but it was kind of uh, much more much deeper education, much better education than if I just went to like uh, computer science. So that's why I chose that and uh, kind of without realizing how much of the actual math there would be. So yeah, it just happened that way. Uh, so how did yeah. that connect to the SEO stuff? Like how, where's the connection? Cause I also am a super data geek. I was a CIO for six and a half years. I do complex budgets and, and coding and our database architecture but i'm curious how math goes into seo yeah in terms of how it helps me it does help a lot seo and really a lot of marketing not not the creative part of it but everything but creative part of marketing the is all data iterations yeah it's all about data how campaigns perform uh, if we do A-B testing, how one is better or worse than the other, if we do a change on the website or in the campaign or whatever it is, how it affects the data. Because at the end of the day, marketing results are all data, traffic to your website, um, leads, form submissions, calls, whatever it is. And it's kind of very, very much analytical world. Um, so that's how it helps. That's where the connection is. Example. Can you give me like a, a case study, a story, an example of like something that you do and how the math comes into it? It's every day. Uh, so one of the biggest tools in SEO specifically, or really any internet marketing, is Google Analytics, mm -hmm. uh, which is basically reporting on how many people go to your website from all of the campaigns and how they interact with the website. Um, there's a lot of different different words, like the in industry words, which some listeners might not be familiar with, but bounce rates, exit rates, time on page, things like that. And all those are very much calculatable metrics. So whenever we do, we do at least our monthly kind of like a strategy, re just strategy analysis and result analysis. So a lot on a daily basis when we launch any campaign, when we do any kind of change, uh, we see how it affects our rankings on Google, for example, how those rankings in turn affect uh, website traffic. Uh, a lot of it as a business owner, uh, a lot of math goes into profitability in terms of ROI, uh, return on investment. If we are investing in some kind of third-party advertising or even internal resources, uh, and then how that 
in what what results that brings so so is is it worth for us to invest extra thousand dollars in some I don't know Google ads or does it make sense for us to spend three thousand dollars on social media ads for this campaign does it matter does it make sense for us to hire somebody who would be doing I don't know like a project management which is not necessarily direct marketing in a sense but Okay, but that all sounds like I'm saying it's basic arithmetic. I was looking for like the cool tricks. Like, are there any cool tricks that go in here? Cool tricks? Uh, it's a calculator, it's basic number crunching, it's analytics. It's like, it's just, I mean, right. there are no cool tricks. You can say, I see there's no cool tricks. It's just basic math and it's fine. We can move on. But if there's a cool trick, I want to know. It, it's kind of a huh, cool trick. I don't know if there is cool trick per se, but... Okay, so to, to give you an example, you can, you, you, can, you can look at a very direct correlation between, let's say, rankings and uh, traffic, but you can go way deeper into that, and I developed a couple algorithms that are considering keyword densities, keyword opportunities, keyword difficulty scores, and instead of just looking at kind of a very top level basic data and numbers, it's much more in depth. And so that's where that knowledge of a bit higher, higher level math comes in. Yeah, this is what I was looking for. I knew there was something cool under here because the basics we got covered. Right. Cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a lot of math goes into um, all the products which we develop. You know, every every serious project in terms of the web design or some kind of a web portfolio, it requires some algorithms in there and uh, just okay. optimization. Well, that's a perfect segue. Like backtrack me. So how you go from seventh grade building, you know, flash video advertisements for people to an SEO marketing company? Uh, that was a uh, what do you call it? Uh, it was basically just a chance. So uh, I moved to US in 2010. I had every kind of job imaginable, not related to math or programming or anything else. Uh, you know, uh, working in the restaurants, working as a lifeguards, things like that. And then uh, over time, I was able to kind of start looking for more serious jobs. And because my education and my best skill set was in really programming that's what i was looking for and there was an ad for local agency here in houston so i used to live on the east coast of us uh, maryland massachusetts delaware and then uh, me and my wife-to-be we moved here to houston and uh, i just started looking for these more serious jobs and i was looking for a php developer there was a local company marketing agency looking for on the ad it said php developer when i had that first meeting with them uh, the owner said well we're kind of looking for a php developer specializing in seo have you ever done that and i played around with it just a little bit like i didn't really know the ins and outs i kind of understood the idea uh, i played with meta titles and other things before but nothing serious and i was like sure i'll do it and the next day 
he kind of pulled me into the office. He's like, uh, we kind of don't need the actual developers. So you have 30 days to learn SEO. If not, then you get fired. <laughs> uh, so uh, I had that 30 days and it worked out. And within pretty much six months, I was running their uh, marketing department. I love that kind of story. I love everything about that story. You know why? Because when you're out there and you're quote unquote hustling, right? And you're willing yeah. to take any kind of work because you need to work, but you're trying, you're always looking for where it's going to be something that's more appropriate for you, right? So you're willing to work as a, a waiter or bus, bus boy, whatever it is, as a lifeguard, whatever you're doing, but you're looking for appropriate work, programming, the kind of stuff you're used to. And then God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, just is like, here you go. This thing will work for you. Don't ask questions. I know you don't understand, but five, five 10 years out, you'll look back on this and be like, oh, that was awesome. Um, and, and just, you know, diving in, having that courage, being like, yeah, you know, I could figure this out. Okay, sure, yeah, I'm in. Um, yeah. I just love everything. Yeah, I, I, always, I always take these type of uh, opportunities very seriously. Uh, I am, I, I will, I always go into it 120%. Um, so to give you an example, uh, like, as I said, I worked in the restaurant. I started as basically like a prep cook, um, just cutting veggies and kind of, helping around the kitchen and uh, I didn't want to just that to be my eight hour eight dollar an hour job for forever well long story short and within a couple of years I was the chef in the kitchen so I was running the kitchen for almost five years uh, wow. and that was I still I love cooking Unfortunately, that industry is very much underpaid for the hours you spend in the kitchen. Like our hours were six in the morning till pretty much midnight every day, seven days a week. Um, I mean, I'm sure you've seen all those uh, like Gordon Ramsay, yeah. uh, you know, kitchen nightmares and his own restaurants. It's, it's a very demanding industry. And unless you are very famous, you don't really get paid much. So, and... I was getting married at the time. I wanted to see my family, see the wife, not 20 minutes a day, but you know, normal. So I was kind of was looking for something more uh, normal, let's say. But yeah, I, I still cook like crazy at home and stuff. I love it. So how many years are you doing the SEO thing? If you moved here in 2010, you did five years in a restaurant. When did you actually start working in this field? Well, if, if you go by official title, that would be 2012, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, that's when, or 2013 probably. Um, that's when I got hired as that PHP developer. Uh, but before then, it was kind of a hobby freelancer type of thing. I was, when I was in college, um, I was developing websites and people was always, were always asking me, were always asking me about some SEO basic things, and that's where I kind of how where I knew those basic ideas, uh, like the foundation and the idea of it. Um, Can you talk a little bit about how it's changed. Let's say over the last seven, ten, fifteen years, like from your exposure, because you know we recently we um, in our company we do implementation as well. So we do business and marketing strategy. We also do logos and design. Right. Web 
marketing him. And so recently we had a client come to us very upset that we hadn't set up their meta tagging. Like, no, meta tagging is gone. Like, it's just, it, it, no, it's done. We didn't do it because it's not, it's not worth anything anymore. <laughs> it's not necessary. So can you address some of the changes that you've seen and kind of what's current? Okay. The, in general, Google releases so many updates, it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, they're usually very small. Uh, I believe in 2019, there was like 600 something updates in the year. Uh, like, you know, we even in the industry, we pay attention to just two, three, four, the bigger ones, mm -hmm. but they tweak on a daily basis. Now they use AIs for that stuff too. So um, it's kind of ever evolving. Now, as for kind of how the whole industry progressed, let's say over 10 years, it used to be that it was very easy to trick the algorithm. Uh, I don't know how much you know about backlinks, but uh, you know, just other websites linking to your website. And it used to be that basically the quantity of it, that's what determined if you rank on the first page. So uh, there are things like uh, link wheels and link hubs and spam farms and all that stuff. And it used to work. Uh, a lot of people did it and uh, there's a lot of famous cases actually where people who kind of were in the industry, they were using all that stuff and they were able to rank any website within a couple of days, number one. And uh, after that, they kind of got shut down and had some uh, lawsuits and all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> so it, what, what it comes down to is it was easy, easier at least, or much more easy to to trick the algorithm. Um, things like having white text on white background, that used to be a very big thing. You Wait, would just, what does white text on white background have to do with anything? Content, so you would put your keywords there, right? Uh, let's say you would want to rank for- So you'd put a ton of stuff on your website, but no one would see it, but Google would read it. Correct, correct, yes. So you yes. could just click on, I never heard this one. Oh, that's it, fascinating. It, so you'd stick on content, yeah. and when someone would be scrolling on your site, they'd see nothing, but if they would highlight it, they'd probably see it and you'd look stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, the, the, the cool thing, or not the cool, yeah, I guess the, the, the cool smart thing back in the day was uh, so that people would not be able to just highlight it. They would do layering. So they would think about it like a white background, white text, which is kind of like background, and then you would do another layer of like the Z index in HTML terms. So white background, white layer, and then your normal website. So if you select it, you can't see it, see but it. Google would still see it. There. And it was super spammy keywords, and it was just a crazy thing. And uh, at the end of the day, really, the whole Google model is about providing the best results for the searchers, right? If you are searching for cats, you, well, you wanna see cats, you don't wanna see some random weird stuff. So that's why they're improving and that's how they kind of work. So they just cut down on that pretty much every day. And nowadays it's all about user experience, um, providing the best result possible for the, whatever you type in Google. Okay, so as the business owner, what are the things that people can do to rank? Because I'm sure you've 
I can't imagine you haven't had the same kind of stories that I've had where people are like, okay, so as you'll build my website and then I should make sure that I have someone to answer the phones, right? Cause it's going right. to start ringing as soon as you hit the button. Right. No, no. When I hit that button, nothing happens. Like absolutely. Right. Like you could call your mom and you can say, mom, my website's live and she might go, but no one else is showing up. Right. Yes. Uh, so um, it, it is a common misconception, one of those uh, old tales that all you need is a website. Well, that's not true. Um, I, I, I guess really, if you, if you look at it, if you want like an example, look at any type of well-known person. Uh, how many people know you? Uh, versus somebody like an actor or somebody like that who is very famous, some kind of singer. Uh, it's not just existing is not enough. You have to put in the work. You have to add. Uh, you have to work on it. So just having a website by on itself is not going to do anything. You have to market it. You have to advertise it in some sort of way. And if you're talking about specifically ranking on Google or any other search engine, well, that's where the SEO comes in. Uh, in a short version of the story, I would say typically about a year, that's how much of SEO work you need to have really solid, good results. Uh, doesn't mean that you can't see progress right away. And that's another misconception. Uh, well, hey, if it's going to be a year, am I putting money into nothing for a year? And then what if, I, if, if you kind of uh, trick me into this, right? Not really. You can see the progress, ranking started rising, more traffic to the website pretty much within a couple of weeks, uh, maybe even a month. And it's just to develop it fully to have a really good campaign and really good results. That's where it takes about a year. So I can hear that. So a few questions here. One, what kind of tools do you use to analyze the ranking? So there's Google Analytics, which is free, which is really, really good. Um, yeah. I like also similar web. Here we use that one. For ranking. Uh, I've heard of it. I have used it in the past. Uh, we just, we don't use it uh, on a daily basis. So what uh, okay. So in terms of uh, I'm sorry, what? Sorry, what kind of tools do you use daily? You might have been about to tell me. I keep, I keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So we use, okay, for every kind of traffic, website visits analytics, we use Google Analytics. It's free. It's great. It provides a lot of good data. It's more than enough for 99% of people out there. The, the rankings tracking so that you can see how the rankings are moving if you type in your service where you're at in Google, we currently use SEMrush. Uh, we are partners with them. Uh, it's uh, software basically, like an online software, and uh, they track how historically you are ranking for a given keyword. What's it called? Uh, SEM, uh, Search Engine Marketing, and then Rush, R-U-S-H. Uh, so they are, uh, they are the ones we've been using for quite a while. There are other very similar tools. Moz is a really good one, moz.com. Uh, there is ahrefs, ahrefs.com. 
they are all very similar. They have... Um, R-E-F-S? Oh, HREFs. Yeah, HREFs, yeah. A-H-REFs. Um, they all have their own benefits, pros and cons. Uh, just for, for what we use, the, the, the products, we actually kind of use HREFs and SEMrush uh, both. SEMrush is more for position tracking, for keyword research and things like that. And then HREFs is for backlink tracking mostly. But uh, yeah, and it's it, depending on how big your business is, if you're just starting out, some of those tools, they even have very small, sometimes free accounts, which you can use. You, they allow you to track like five, 10 keywords, which could be enough for you in the beginning. Or if you don't have any budget whatsoever, just, just put it on a piece of paper, put it on Google Sheets, uh, anywhere, you know, just go daily and type in, you know, let's say if you sell, I don't know, some kind of coffee cups, uh, coffee cups in Houston, uh, type it in, see where you rank, do it daily. That's enough for you uh, in the very beginning. But where, uh, one second, but where are you seeing that ranking? That's the question. Google. Like, oh. Yeah, so you, oh, you're saying type it in. Yeah, but don't you have to go incognito because every time you do a search on your own right. computer, it's biased against you. Yes, that is that that is that's a very good point. Yeah, you need to do it in incognito, and even if you want to be super accurate, then really you need to be using VPN. I was gonna say you need to spoof your IP because it's even incognito it knows who you are. It's right. like you feel a little better. You're like, oh, I have the gray guy with the glasses. Google can't. <laughs> they know who you are. Give me a break. Right. Yeah, yeah, you just the incognito usually. Yes, by the way, just, I would like to define terms as a virtual private network. And what it basically does is it actually legitimately hides who you are. Right, yes. <laughs> and you can pretend you're also coming in. What's nice about a VPN is if you're targeting a different geographic location, whether a different state or city in America or different countries, you can spoof that you're coming in from a different location as well and see yeah. what would happen if someone from that place would look for you. But the results are so... They're so subjective, I feel like, these days, right? So. In which sense? Um, one second. I had a different question before on the keyword. <laughs> so we were using, that's what I tell you, I was so excited to like have this conversation. For everyone listening, they're like, oh, geeks talking. Well, cool geeks talking, okay? Successful geeks talking. Um, up to you. <laughs> Listen. Um, so keyword tool, we were using Google's Keyword Planner for a couple of years and then about a year and a half ago, um, they like put a wall on it and like you can't get to it unless you're running or have run ad campaigns, um, but there's a workaround. Like if you call them, they'll unlock it for you. You're like, oh, but I wanna do ads, but I wanna just do research first and I don't wanna pay you yet. So they'll unlock it for you. Are there, that was the best tool I found that was the simplest and least biased for basic keyword research. I'll tell you where we advise people to do it. Not only if they're going to run a digital campaign, obviously if they're going to run a digital campaign, but also even just to test out different business ideas. You know, like I had someone, let's say they were trying to sell a certain kind of little black dress. All right, let's, let's pretend. So I said, okay, you know, um, uh, let's say little brown dress, right? Instead of little black dress, little brown dress. I was like, okay, let's see if there's a market for little brown dresses online. Like you're planning on doing this whole manufacturing, creating this product line, brown dresses. Let's see if anyone cares. So we go little brown dress, crickets. Right. Like, oh, it doesn't work. I said, no, type in little black dress. And we do, and it's like, right. tons of listings. People are looking for that all the time. But ain't no one looking for a little brown dress. So I wouldn't make too many of those and try to sell them online if I were you, because <laughs> no one's looking. Right. Yeah. 
so a couple of notes on the, on on that. You do not have to kind of go around the bush to unlock, as you said, the Google Planner. You can still use it. All you have to have is just an account. You don't have to run any ads. So you have to give them a credit card and create an account. And a lot of times people didn't want, they won't let you do it without giving them a credit card unless you call them. You have to open a proper app. I, I don't think that's even the case anymore. Uh, you you yeah. just, you create an account and then you start setting up your campaign and they won't let you run any ads unless you put the credit card, but you can still create an account. And if you have like a Gmail basically, then uh, you can you can use the, the the Google Planner thing. Okay, so maybe it changed again. Last time I checked in with it was six months ago, and they had put up a wall on it, and it was just really annoying because we've been sending people there, and they're like, we can't get in. Yeah, uh, I, I I I do that fairly often, okay. and uh, when people reach out to us, we start setting up accounts before they provide their billing details, okay. and I can do it no problem. Okay. Uh, now. Maybe that's because we are a Google partner and we have like the, the, the management account, maybe. That's very likely possible because I'm talking about just regular people with their regular Gmail. Right. But not even then, if you just put in your credit card in there, just make sure you're not running any ads. Like all you have to do is just create an account. It's not like they're going to steal money from you. Yeah. Or use privacy.com, which is my favorite way to do all of these things. Yeah. There you go. For anyone who doesn't know privacy.com, you should. It's incredible. It's basically a credit card spoofer, but it's legitimate. It's linked to your bank account, so you can create any number of credit cards you want. And there are certain limitations on the unpaid versus the paid account, and you can tell it those limits. So you can say, okay, charge $20 one time ever, and it'll take the money out of your account, but then when they try to rebill you, it can't. It's so awesome. So you can <laughs> Card for anything, be like, you know, I have, I'm going to put it with $1 limit on this forever. Right. Good luck taking right. money. Thank you. Right. It's awesome. I have, that's how I use everything. Because otherwise, all these subscription services, like free 14 day trial, and you never remember on day three right. to cancel it, right? So it goes through, and then you're like, no, I really didn't want it. I meant to cancel it. Yeah, whatever. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. What I, the way I go about it is, I guess, an old school way. I just put a calendar reminder for myself to cancel it. Too much work for me. So yeah. I just set it and forget it, yeah. put it in a card. No, because here's the fun thing. Like I did that. I've done it for services where I've done a trial, but then maybe I want to come back to it. Mm. So it goes, it, it, it gets stuck. It can't fill. I just did that with Adobe Pro. Uh -huh. I it out and I was like, okay, I don't need this yet. And I just like, let, forget about it, right? And then a few weeks ago, I was like, you know what? I do need this now. So I go in and it's like, you need to fix your credit card tracker. And I'm like, no problem. I go in, right. limit. I'm like, refresh. Oh, look, we're in. Guess what? I gave it a one month limit. When the month is done, right. I'll think about it again. Right. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a very good tool. <laughs> okay, that was a distraction. So, okay. So keyword planner you like, what other things are good for researching keywords that are just like simple, straightforward, but accurate? Uh, uh, kind of unfortunately, I guess, no tool will, so far at least, will replace your brain. So it, the way we do it, really, we always start with pretty much pen and paper or, you know, keyboard and spreadsheet or something. Yeah. Uh, so you always have to come up with 
kind of what you call seed keywords. Uh, the, the very beginning, very kind of broad idea, uh, as you, an example, let's say a little black dress, right? So um, what, what can I, as a normal standard person, would be typing in if I'm searching for little uh, black dress? Uh, maybe it could be uh, or different, not combinations, but different varieties of those uh, dresses, you know? Uh, like the, the I, I'm, I'm not into dresses or fashion, so I don't know the, the names, but let's say, you know, little black summer dress or, or you know. a black mini dress or a tight yeah. black dress or a flary yeah. black dress or yeah. a long black dress or yeah. black dress for a wedding, black dress for a holiday party. Yeah. So you kind of start with that and then you basically, especially when it's not just one product, when, when it's something a bit more broad, when you have different approaches um let's say for seo as an seo agency you can you can go marketing like let's say marketing agency in houston or you can go seo agency in houston or you know like a advertising company in houston so you kind of get those top level different approaches in a sense uh put them down on paper and then you take that and with the use of any tools such as google planner SEM rush hrefs all those guys uh, you, they help you to expand that. They can't really think for you yet in the sense that if you are, especially if you have completely different products, if you, if you sell dresses and shoes, they will not ever tell you, if, if you just put in little, little black dress, that will not tell you, oh yeah, some people search for shoes and it's more because that's not what you're asking tool to do. So, in that way, you always have to start yourself. If you don't have those, any of those tools, you don't want to spend money, don't have budget for that. Uh, in that case, I always recommend just Googling. So if you type in in Google and scroll all the way down to the page, there are related searches. Uh, so that's very much what Google Planner does for you. Uh, you scroll there, it's going to tell you what other related searches there are to what you just typed in. Another thing is the Google auto-suggest. When you start typing something, little bl, how does it fill out? Does it say black dress? Does it say something else? If you type in little black dr, does it compete with dress or something else? And so on and so on. Uh, so that's uh, kind of like a cheap or free way to get started. I like that. Thank you so much for listening to part one of this episode. Stay tuned for part two going live Thursday. And of course, subscribe. You do not want to miss this. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?